What is up, everybody? Welcome to this live edition of the All In Podcast. I am one of the co-hosts, Mike Badzik, joined by my guy, Eli Cooper. We are live. What's going on, Eli? Not much, man. Not much, man. Episode 45. And uh, we got a lot to talk about today, man. We uh, got some NBA, Game 5 coming up tonight, and uh, Week 5 of the NFL coming up tonight. So we got plenty to talk about today. Yeah, so we got Week 5 NFL, we got Thursday Night Football, we're doing this, this is Friday, uh, we had Thursday Night Football last night, we've got 
game five of MLB playoffs tonight. We've got NBA finals, LeBron possibly bringing home the chip tonight. So there is a ton going on in the world of sports, uh, which is good for us because that means we have lots to talk about. Uh, Make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, Anywhere else, go to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Hit the notification button so you know exactly when we go live from now on and you can tune in. And then go to the audio versions, download episodes, and subscribe on there. Leave reviews, ratings, all that helps us. Uh, We appreciate you guys tuning into this live episode. Uh, But we are going to start with Thursday Night Football last night. We saw the Bears beat the Bucks 20-19, really a defensive slugfest this one. Uh, The Bucks were only able to score one touchdown. Nick Foles outduels Tom Brady once again. Um, What were your thoughts on Thursday Night Football? What did we learn about these two teams? Well, the Philly legend, Nick Foles, somehow, someway, uh, claws out another win against Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, you know, close the whole way through. Um, You know, I thought the Bears particularly looked a lot better with Nick Foles under center offensively. I don't know what it is. I think the ball just moves better. He wasn't great uh, Mm -hmm. yesterday, but he, you know, he finds a way to get it done um, and clearly has Brady's number. Um, And some interesting, you know, things from Tom Brady last night. Um, Things seemed to be going their way early on. um, But, you know, as the game got a little bit closer, uh, you know, he's he looked a little bit frustrated yelling at teammates up and down the sidelines. And, uh, you know, this is an often brought up subject is if this is Odell, Des Bryant, uh, you know, any other, and I'm just going to be frank, if it's any other black NFL player, does right. do they get away with this? This is not, you know, a lead headline today, or I don't see a ton of criticism about it on social media like I would if, you know, this was Odell or if it was, you know, in another sport, if it's LeBron James, um, you know, right. things like that. So, you know, I, it's not a good look. Now, me personally, um, you know, I, I don't mind the yelling at teammates and stuff like that, but if you're going to hold one guy accountable and, and demonize certain players, you got to demonize all of them who act that way on the sideline. Uh, that's sure. where the hypocrisy is something that I don't like when it comes to this topic. Uh, me personally, I don't criticize players for getting, especially the better players on their teams for criticizing, you know, teammates and trying to fire them up because yeah. I've been there. You know what I mean? I've played with teammates. I've been that guy myself in locker rooms, uh, you know, depending on where I'm at in that team. So, you know, it's, it's all part of the competitive spirit, but I don't see the same people who criticize LeBron, Odell, you know, Des Bryant back when he used to do that stuff. Um, and, And pretty much any other black athlete who attacks players like that, I don't see that same energy kept for Tom Brady and it bothers me. Yeah. And, you know, I guess, you know, he probably maybe has earned a little bit of leeway being a six-time Super Bowl champion. But, like you mentioned LeBron, uh, you mentioned a lot of black athletes who have had success. Like, they don't have that same leeway. Um, Even, like, even Aaron Rodgers gets a ton of shit for doing stuff like this. And Tom Brady just seems to be able to absorb it pretty easily. Um, And, you know, just talking about the actual game, their offense is not that dynamic right now. Uh, You watch him last night. It's slow. He struggles to throw the ball down the field. Um, At times he can do it. He shows every once in a while. But for the most part, he's dinking, dunking. Um, And and you just wonder, like, okay, they're three and two right now. 
they've beat the Panthers, the Chargers, and the Broncos. Like, and they've lost to the Saints and the Bears on the road. Now, do you think Jameis Winston could have gone three and two? I think he probably could have gone three and two to start these first five games. He might have gone four and one. Like, I don't. I'm not sure right now that I'm seeing this, um, you know, greatness from Tom Brady at 43 years old, albeit. Right. To make him worth moving on from Jameis Winston, I think it's more for show here. Like they're just not dynamic. Now that defense, I think, is one of the best in the league. If they're going to win anything of significance this year, it's probably going to be a lot more because of the defense than the offense. Can Tom Brady yeah. do enough? Last night he couldn't. You know, he's typically you know on the road. He doesn't enjoy that as much when it's a little bit colder. That's all older guys too. But especially his career has always been. Um, a little bit worse on the road, especially in the cold. So, you know, I don't look too much into last night as being a, oh, the Bucks couldn't beat the Bears on the road. They're done, uh, per se. But did you watch the Bucks last night? And are you, you know, maybe changing your opinion of them to where maybe before they were a team that was a legitimate, you know, a legitimate contender to make the Super Bowl out of the NFC. And maybe now you're looking at them and you're saying, well, they're just not dynamic enough uh, to be yeah. that type of contender. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they are that kind of contender. Um, and maybe it's because, maybe they're missing Chris Godwin, and maybe yeah. we should factor that in. You know, he hasn't played the last couple of games, um, and Mike Evans himself has been banged up. So mm-hmm. maybe that Matt and and you know Leonard Fournette hardly played last night and was out the week before. So you know maybe that stuff matters, right? That they're missing key guys from this offense. OJ uh-huh. Howard just went down. But kind of every everybody's kind of dealing with that if if you ask me. So I don't know that I'm going to give the Bucks a pass in this case. And even when Godwin played, they didn't look super dynamic. Um, actually, the most dynamic that they looked was in the game that he sat out last week. Right. So I'm not sure, you know, that that's really the issue. Um, their defense, uh, like you said, has been incredible so far. Um, and really, it's been the thing that's kind of been holding up the offense while they figure out, figure it out. Um, and maybe, you know, if there's a preseason and, and things and a longer, you know, training camp, maybe we're having a different discussion, but uh, to, to actually answer your question. Um, yeah. I don't think they're, I don't think they're a legitimate contender to come out of the NFC. Really. They're looking like a team that's going to win their division by default because maybe, uh, yeah. you know, the Falcons are atrocious, and the Panthers are bad. So, yeah. um, and the Saints have not quite been what they're up to. But Michael Thomas is coming back. So I don't know that they're even going to, you know, win their division. And, and they're sitting at, I believe, two and two. You three correct and two. me if I'm wrong. Three, the Saints. Oh, the Saints yes. are two and two, yeah. Two and two, yeah. So, and they're sitting at two and two. So, like, it's not even like you really have this division on lock because who knows right. how much better Drew Brees looks once Michael Thomas gets back. So, um, so you know, I think. It's really only down to those two teams, but the NFC in general isn't all that strong. So they're certainly in the wild card position, even if they don't. Uh, but no, I, I don't think they're as good as I don't think they're on the level to compete with the Packers or the Seahawks, um, you know, or possibly Rams or, yeah. you know, one of those other teams, uh, you know, that could give them some problems um, in the playoffs. So I, yeah, I have my I have my doubts about the Bucks for sure. What about the Bears? Uh, here they are now sitting four and one. I don't think anybody really expected that. Uh, maybe you thought they were going to be a little bit bounce back, especially with that defense 
But Nick Foles, uh, they name him the starter. He did not look great last week, um, and they and they lost. Now this week he looked pretty solid. I think this is probably what you'd be expecting out of him. This type of a game, right? Like he's not going to light it, it up, but he's going to do enough, and he's not going to turn the ball over very much. Um, right. Are the Bears a legitimate problem in the NFC? I think they are, um, especially when you look at it from. You know, they're sitting at four and one and they went through a QB change after yeah. week two, week three. Yeah, during week three. Right? Yeah. yeah, or yeah, during week two, right. So, you know, that tells me that even as even though their offense isn't lethal, that defense is good enough to win them games um, and contend. And they, right. they're beating solid teams, I would say, so far. I think last night was a really good win for them. Um, and I think if you have Nick Foles under center, Nick Foles is good enough, mm-hmm. certainly, to get you to the playoffs. Um, I think that's been proven throughout his career. Um, so, you know, especially when he has a defense like this. So, yeah, I think the Bears, in, in a sense of can they make the playoffs? Absolutely, they're real. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're real, too. And I think the defense, you know, this, this is a team that, you know, last year obviously um, was not as good. But the year before that, they were 12-4. and four. And, you know, last year they did not get any turnovers, right? 28th in turnovers. I think sometimes the turnover battle can be a little bit um, lucky or fickle in a way where you might see some bounce backs, um, a team who, who leads one year and then they don't lead. They might, you know, find, some, find themselves close to the middle or close, at least get better. And that's what they've done. The defense has been really good. Um, and Nick Foles is just going to be solid. You know, they're going to have to play the Packers here twice we'll see um i don't know who's gonna win that division i think it's gonna be close um so i i think the bears have a really good chance to make the playoffs i think Foles is just solid enough and he's certainly better than mitch trubisky so um let's kind of back up then and talk about the nfl as a whole going into week five uh pretty much the biggest topic this week and a lot of last week has been the covid uh, outbreaks specifically with tennessee um, I think over 20 or 25 personnel and players combined with COVID uh, positive tests in Tennessee. They had to move the game last week and create a bye week for the Steelers and the Titans in week four because of it. It doesn't look like they're going to be able to play this week against Buffalo. Um, the Patriots had Stephen Gilmore test positive after the game against the Chiefs. It looks like their game is going to be played on Monday now after they've had no other positive tests. It looks like they're going to get to go ahead to play. Um, we're starting to see more outbreaks now. We're starting to see more positive tests. It was probably a matter of time. Um, But what have your thoughts so far been about the NFL's handling of COVID overall? Um, So if we're talking about from a standpoint of their protocols, I don't think their protocols are bad. Um, the, The issue that I have is how they're handling the scheduling. Um, I don't think they came into this season prepared for the, a Tennessee Titans type situation uh-huh. uh, where, you know, we're, they've moved the game back to Tuesday and that is still contingent on uh, zero positive tests for the rest of the weekend. Um, and, you know, and if it doesn't happen, we're looking at forfeits. And I think that's possibly the worst thing the NFL can have right now, because yeah. not only does that, uh, tight, the Titans don't get game checks as far as their players go. They, neither do the Bills. And that doesn't make a ton of sense to me uh, that they're being punished and they're not going to be the reason 
as, at least from what it looks like, that this game won't be played. So I, it doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. I don't think they're handling that well. Um, and I think what they really need to do is add maybe two, possibly at this rate, three additional weeks, yeah. um, we, a week 18, 19, and 20. I would say a week 18 and week 19, because in, in other cases you can possibly, you can do the bi-week switch-ups and things like that. Uh, but I would add at least two uh, additional weeks to have games rescheduled for um, and then that way, or makeup weeks. And really, if you don't need mm-hmm. the second one, you can always just get rid of it. You know what I mean? But right. at, at this point, I think they should be more prepared for that. Um, and and also, I think it would give teams more practice time before the playoffs. Because I think not having that practice time has caused so many injuries. So like those extra, like that extra week or two after week 17 for most of the teams that have played and and are ready for the playoffs will get additional practice time and time to get their best players healthy. And I think that matters. Right. So, um, you know, I think it's a, that would be a win-win. But I, I don't love it so far. I I think you can make a strong argument that they're handling it the worst of all these, um, you know, major sports leagues. Um, I don't think anybody has handled it as well as the NBA obviously, but you know, even MLB, they had some early outbreaks and then they got it under control uh, from what it looks like. And, and we haven't really seen any since. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's what we, the, and we need to kind of give the NFL time to do, uh, but it doesn't look good. And then the Titans having practices offsite when they're supposed yeah. to be in lockdown. I'm just like, so, so they a hundred percent deserve to have game checks taken away. Like I feel no sympathy for them if this ha- if this forfeit happens and they lose game checks because to me like well, the players literally are, right exactly the play uh, yeah I should say the players involved uh, you know because then to me you you guys literally all you had to do was stay home and you would have got a full extra week of practice so like right. I don't know why you had to make this ten times tough and and maybe that's a reflection on the NFL and how they're you know kind of handling the players here. It's hard to really do this without a bubble, and we're seeing yeah. we've seen that in these other sports because you can't, you know what I mean, control what these players do in their free time. So, you know, it kind of is what it is, but it doesn't look good so far. Yeah, and it's like it's tough to compare it to the other leagues because, like, you know, you can't do a bubble in for NFL. Football. Yeah, you can't do a bubble for baseball either because there's just too many guys, right? Like, right, exactly. You know what I mean? It's, it just wouldn't work, and I, also not even that, but. Like even even comparing it to baseball stuff too, because baseball we saw the early positive tests, um, and then you know the Marlins missed a bunch of games, the Cardinals missed a ton of games. They were able to make them up with double headers, like playing pretty much two double headers a week, and they were able to make up the majority of the schedule. And they haven't had any outbreaks since, which is really positive. Um, but you know, if I'm the NFL, I can't have double headers. Really, I'm pushing it even by having a team play on Tuesday and only getting, you know, four days rest. That's pushing yeah. it, right? Like for football, it's different. You need all that recovery time. Also, um, the rosters are so much bigger. There's yeah. so much more personnel involved. Like there are so many people involved in the production of an NFL game. Uh, it really, it's so hard to compare it. And I think that makes things even scarier for the NFL when you look at the potential of a you know, shutdown or, or worse outbreaks, like you're just adding in so many more variables that the other leagues just don't have to deal with because of the size of the teams. 
Um, you know, it's, it's unique to the NFL and unique to football, how many guys are involved. And it's also unique to football, how the game is actually played. Right. So like, you know, we don't really talk about basketball because they're in the bubble and it's so controlled, but like baseball even too, like if we're, if we're trying to compare it to baseball and saying that it's okay that they're having these outbreaks now because baseball did it and baseball handled it. Well, like it, you can't do it not only because of the rosters, but also because of the way the game is played, right? If baseball, if I'm a hitter, I'm going up to bat, I'm near the catcher and the umpire for a short period of time. Um, and, and really they're even able to wear masks. A lot of them were wearing masks in the box. Uh, and then I, if I get a hit, okay, I'm at first with the guy, one guy, you know, I'm running the bases when I'm out playing the field, I'm pretty much by myself, um, pretty much all the time. The dugout would be really the only place where there's constant around people. And for the most part, we've seen almost the entire league, everyone have their masks on in the dugout right so it's a lot easier to to do these guidelines this mask wearing and social distancing in baseball than it is in football where every play just think about the line of scrimmage in a football game every single play and you've got 10 guys you got five guys on each side literally nose to nose breathing on each other like yeah you like it's like a perfect storm for a COVID outbreak really um now as far as the titans i think the titans absolutely should be punished because not only are they going to, you know, they broke protocol, which is going to cause them to probably miss this week. I'm not sure. We can't necessarily 100% say that having an um, off-site workout led to a higher COVID outbreak. We can't definitely say that that's what caused it, but they right. definitely broke protocol anyway, right? So if they, would, if they wouldn't have um, had the off-site workout and then they still have the COVID outbreak, well, then maybe we're saying – you know, what could they have done? I'm sure there's something they could have done. I don't like to always say, you know, if they would have done this, then they could have avoided it. Because we've seen cases of people getting COVID where they're doing, for the most part, everything right as far as you can. But it is yeah. a highly contagious disease, right? Like, we know that about COVID. It is a highly contagious disease. You know, I don't think that we should necessarily shame people who test positive, right? Now, right. But if you're doing something and you're breaking protocol, well, then you kind of give us the go-ahead to critique right. you very severely. So if we say, you know, they think they should have to forfeit against the Bills this weekend, well, guess what? If they have to forfeit against the Bills this weekend, they really should have to forfeit against the Steelers last weekend too. And I'm not just saying this to a Steelers fan, but, like, right. they cost the Steelers their bye week. The Steelers, you know, honestly now had a two-day bye week now because they were going to the facility through Wednesday and Thursday, not knowing if they were going to play. So they were going about their business. It was not a true bye week. And in the, in the CBA, you have to have four days for your actual bye week. So this would not qualify as a bye week. And, and from that perspective, they actually cheated the Steelers too. Right. So I think the Steelers should get their bye week back and be given that win if you're going to say, you know, you got to forfeit against the Bills. If the NFL wants to go down this forfeit road, which I don't think they do. I think they're more likely to do what you had suggested there and add some weeks onto the season. They really should have done that to begin with, um, but they didn't. And now they are, you know, trying to backpedal. And I'm sure they're going to figure out something, right? Like there's right. so much money online, they're going to figure out something. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just so hard. And it's it's I think, you know, obviously looking at it, you think they've handled this the worst, uh, but they also had the hardest task in handling it. Uh, so, That's true. you know, it's tough. 
Um, yeah. I, I hope that it gets figured out because I really want to have a complete season. And, you know, it's been so fun. I don't want to see this end so soon now that we're into it. You know, if they would have canceled it from the beginning, I think it would have been fine. But now that we're in, we got to finish. Yeah. Um, so, okay, let's let's move on then to some of the actual games this weekend. We'll start with both of our teams squaring off this weekend. Uh, we've got Eagles versus Steelers in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh going to allow about 5,000 fans into the stadium this week for the first time. Uh, they are seven-point favorites. Wentz looked good last week. The Eagles seem to be coming on a little bit. So <laughs> what's your take? What's your prediction? Well, um, yeah, I mean, they certainly look better against a beat-up 49ers team uh, last week. So, you know, any win is a step in the right direction for the Eagles. But – I'm not 100% confident uh, in us this week against a tough Steelers defense who has now had an extra week to prepare for us, Um, you know, granted that they had the bye week last week. Uh, So, and and also the Steelers offense has had a week to prepare prepare for the defense. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and they're the better team, if we're just being honest um, in this one. So, uh, prediction-wise, I think it's the Steelers. I think the Eagles keep it close. We seem to be able to do that. We're, yeah. we're, you know, we're not a, typically a team that ends up getting blown out. Uh, so they find a way to, to scrap and claw and, and stay in the games. Um, and I think they do it here as well. I think it's a low, little low scoring. I got the Steelers 24-20 okay. in this one. Okay, so I, I got the Steelers too. I probably don't think it's going to be as close as you do. Um, I just think the Steelers are better offensively and defensively. They click a lot better. Plus, you know, the the couple days of extra preparedness that they're going to have. Um, the Eagles are still trying to find themselves. I know it looked good last week uh, for the most part, but I still think they're going to try to find themselves. And I think, you know, the Niners game probably maybe deceived us a little bit just because of how many guys the Niners were missing. About 40% of their salary cap isn't playing yeah, right now. Right. Um, so maybe that win looks a little bit better than it was. Uh, so I got the Steelers. Now we're going to put a little gamble on this one. We're going to put a little wager between my team and your team. So I'm giving you six points. Six points. Okay. I'll fair. give you six points. So Steelers got to win by seven, uh, seven or more. And I win six or less. You got it. The winner gets to send a tweet from the other person's account, whatever they want to say. And the other person cannot acknowledge which tweet it was that that the other person sent. Fair, fair Deal? enough. And then and then so whatever tweet gets sent, we will post uh, yes. or screen share here on the pod. So if you watch on YouTube or next time we go live on Facebook, you'll be able to see the tweet as well. Uh, yeah. If you don't have our twitters, um, and we'll read it on the podcast too, so the audio fans get to hear it. Yeah. Uh, so this this should be fun. I don't know that I love this wager, but I, I'm I'm confident in my Eagles keeping it under. Yeah, or under. So I think I think we can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll make it six and a half. So if it's six, you win. Um. Right. So so yeah, I know exactly what I'm gonna say. So I'm just letting you know right now. Oh, so. <laughs> so let's do Cowboys versus Giants this week. Are we expecting a Cowboys bounce back, or is that defense so bad that even the Giants are going to put up points? Um, I do think the Giants are going to put up points. Um, I think this will be probably their best offensive game of the year uh, that we see. So 
Um, I, and I think this will be a good game for Daniel Jones to get back on track. He's been, uh, you know, a disappointment so far this season for anyone who thought he was going to take a second, you know, a step forward in his second season. Granted, right. he doesn't have Saquon. However, you know, he's he's been even worse than he should be even without yeah. it. Um, but the Cowboys defense is the gift that keeps on giving. Yep. So, um, you know, I certainly expect the Giants to put up points here. However, their defense isn't great either. So the Cowboys will put up points. I think this one's a shootout. Uh, I do think the Cowboys get back on track with a win this week, which unfortunately means that they would go atop the division uh, above us, depending on how the Redskins game goes. Um, but, yeah, I got the Cowboys in this one. I'm going to go 38-31 Cowboys. Okay. Okay, so I like that prediction. Now, the Cowboys here, I think that this should be a win. We should mark this up as a win. When we're looking at the schedule, we should say Cowboys are going to win that game. But Cowboys, the worst defense in the league so far. Uh, They had another injury loss today um, with Tyron Smith. He's going to be out. So, like, they are just hurting on both sides of the ball with injuries. Uh, and also just really bad play on defense. Demarcus Lawrence has pretty much disappeared since he signed that big contract. Uh, so, so I think the Cowboys are going to win as well. Uh, maybe it's a shootout, like you say. Um, it's going to be tough for either team not to put up points on the other team's defense. So yeah. I will go Cowboys. I'll go 34-28. Uh, Cowboys, and we both have the Giants to cover. They're getting eight and a half uh, in Dallas. So the last game we'll talk about in depth here is the Colts and Browns. This uh, apparently is going to be a big game. Both teams three and one. Uh, they they bumped it to a four twenty five spot. So it's you know the little like premier spot there on Sunday, the CBS game. Um, so Cow- Colts Browns. It is a pick 'em. Uh, even spread. Do you like the Colts in Cleveland this weekend? Uh, I do. I do like the Colts in Cleveland this weekend. Um, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. These are two offenses that like to run the ball um, a lot. So I do, I do like the Colts in that situation. I think their defense is slightly better than the Browns. Um, and I think their quarterback play, you know, granted Phillip Rivers has not been great so far but i think the Colts. i trust philip rivers more than i trust baker mayfield coming into this one um what i am interested to see is the usage of kareem hunt for the browns uh with nick chubb obviously it looks like he's going to be out for about six weeks um they put him on ir this week i'm interested to see if they go like all nick chubb i mean if they go all kareem hunt or if uh dearness johnson uh who got 13 carries last week gets that same kind of workload Mm -hmm. this week and we and we'll We'll still we'll still see Hunt as the predominant like go to guy, uh, but how much is are we seeing Dearness Johnson is is going to be important to me um, because I think they like to go with it you know with two running backs uh, in the backfield just in general. So yep. interesting to see how that plays out um, and how Baker looks without Nick Chubb back there, um, and also you know Odell has kind of gotten by right so far this season with like big plays so we saw him score on the reverse pass from Jarvis Landry 
Uh, and then the the end around that he got, he had that 51 yard touchdown run. So like he's kind of getting by, um, you know, with these big plays, but like, can they just, do they have to continue to like force feed him touches? You know what I mean? In these ways, or mm-hmm. can they actually, can Baker Mayfield actually get him the ball? Because uh, you know, the, the, you can run those kind of plays all you want. They're not going to work all year. And I don't think yeah. they work against a Colts team like this. And I think it's important that they get him, you know, just simply get him the ball um, as a receiver from Baker Mayfield. They're going to have to do that at some point in the season. Um, and honestly, I think this is one of the games where, uh, you know, we'll, it's going to be important for them to do so. But I do like the Colts um, in this one. I'm going to take the Colts uh, 21-17 in this one. Colts by four. I agree with that prediction as well. I have the Colts here. I think the Browns and whoever wins this game, we're probably going to know a lot more about because if we look at the Colts and they win, they go to four and one uh, and we say, wow, like that's a pretty tough game on the road. We're probably going to look at them as one of the best teams in the AFC. And if the Browns win, we're probably going to think the same thing. Like this is a actual good team here. I think the Browns have a really good potential to be this year's like good bet team, right? So they beat all the bad teams, lose to all the good teams. Yeah. Um, I think that makes sense for them right now in the kind of natural progression of where they're going as a team. Maybe next year they're a team that's actually beating good teams as well. But I think this year it makes sense that they could be that good, bad team and go nine and seven or 10 and six and get into the playoffs. Kind of like we've talked about before. Yeah. Um, But I do think that the Colts are a little bit tougher right now. Um, Both teams have had great offensive line play. The Browns, that's kind of been the big secret this year is how good the offensive line has been. And you look at the weapons and we say, oh, wow, Dell is finally doing something. Landry's finally doing something. Baker finally looks better. That running game is insane. Well, it all kind of comes back to the offensive line having a great season, something they haven't been able to do for Baker Mayfield yet, especially not last year when they were the, one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Uh, they've been great. The Colts, similar story. They've had a really good offensive line for a couple of years now, and it's continued into this year. Um, you know, you wonder about the weapon guys. For Indy, you know, T.Y. Hilton is obviously one of, you know, he, he's been doing it for a couple of years now, but he's not really a, a receiver that you would think naturally to play with Phillip Rivers, right? Phillip Rivers doesn't really want to throw that deep ball too much. Yeah. Um, and, and T.Y. Hilton isn't really like that physical guy. Even like a Keenan Allen was like a physical go get it in between the numbers. Uh, T.Y. is not really that guy. They lose Marlon Mack. Now it kind of falls to Jonathan Taylor. You wonder you know, how they're going to score the points. I think the defense is enough here. I'll go with the Colts, too. I'll go 23-18, um, and, and I will take the Colts to win that one. Um, so we are going to pick every game this weekend. But first, uh, Kyle Cooper, our all-in fantasy and DFS expert, has given us a few players to watch for this weekend. Yeah, so looking at DFS – uh, format so that's your DraftKings, your FanDuel, stuff like that. Um, for this weekend, uh, we got a we got three sleepers for you guys to look out for, which are low cost players um, who could have big days in your lineup, and that's the kind of stuff that gets you you know big money payouts in DFS. Uh, so the first one we have is at the tight end position, uh, Tyler Higby, uh, the tight end for the Rams. Uh, he is playing against Washington this weekend. They have the fourth worst, fourth worst defense against tight ends. Uh, so good news for me. I have him in our Oaks Fantasy League, so I'm glad to hear that. And he has been slightly disappointing besides one week for me 
uh, mm-hmm. so far this year. So I'm hoping that prediction hits. Uh, the next one we have is Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater uh, and the Panthers offense have been throwing it quite a bit, more than yeah. probably what he's used to in his career as a starter. Um, and this week they get the worst defense against opposing QBs, uh, mm-hmm. which according to Fantasy Pros and probably anyone else who pays any attention to fantasy, uh, which is the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, another gift that keeps on giving. Um, and again, Teddy Bridgewater has been throwing it quite a bit. So the volume will be there against a porous defense. Uh, yep. He certainly has the weapons to expose that matchup. Um, so it could be a cheap QB play uh, in your DFS lineups this week. And the last one we have is a true deep sleeper. Uh, and this one is uh, a Patriots player. Now this is assuming that that game on Monday uh, does not get postponed for any reason. Uh, but page receiver Demir Bird uh, from New England, uh, you can get him for about $3,000, somewhere in that range on DraftKings. Mm. Uh, he has the seventh easiest matchup against wide receivers this week, which would be against the Denver Broncos. Ten targets last game with uh, Stidham and Hoyer under center. Uh, it's, wow. We're not sure if Cam Newton's going to be playing this week, so keep an eye on that. Uh, but if we get more Stidham and Hoyer, which it looks like that's going to be the case, um, they, both of them uh, threw the ball his way a lot, and it's a good matchup. So it could be a deep sleeper in your DFS lineups there. Um, so if, if for any other questions, make sure you follow our All In Bets and DFS uh, Twitter page. You can find them at uh, DFS Litecoin uh, is the at name. You can find them on Twitter. Uh, they'll they are constantly posting about uh you know not only dfs plays but also uh spread bets and things like that um and you can check our website allinnetwork.net for mm-hmm. articles uh for from that blog from uh kyle cooper yeah really good stuff from him he knows his stuff so make sure you go give him a follow uh yeah check out allinnetwork.net where he posts a lot of content um and, and make sure you're following him for all your fancy advice so we're going to go through every game this weekend and pick them. You just want to pick them straight up or against the spread? Let's uh, let's just go pick them straight up. Okay. All right. We already did Eagles, Steelers. So we got Panthers at Falcons. I'm going to take the Panthers in this one. Are we doing scores or are we just going rapid fire? Yeah, let's just go rapid fire. All right. So I got the Panthers in this one. Okay. I'm going to go with the Falcons. I think they have to win one game eventually and at home against the Panthers seems like a good candidate. Uh, if not, Dan Quinn has to be fired on Monday. So uh, next one, Raiders at chiefs. I'm assuming chiefs. Yeah. I'm going to take the chiefs. I don't see the upset happening this week. Yeah. I'll, I'll ride with you there. Gotta be the chiefs Cardinals at jets. Cardinals have been a little bit disappointing really the last two weeks after their hot start. Assuming there are no postponements because a Jets player presumptively tested positive today, yeah, I am going to take the Cardinals. The Jets are abysmal. They are abysmal. So I got the Cardinals as well. Um, the Rams at the Washington football team. I don't know why they're still the Washington football team. They should just be the Washington Warriors. You could keep the logo and the uniforms. Um Rams at Washington. Washington now being led by Kyle Allen after Dwayne Haskins was benched. Does Kyle Allen get a win this weekend? No, he does not. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Rams in this one. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams too. I think it could be closer though um, than we might think. I yeah. think Washington plus seven is a good play with Kyle Allen starting. Okay, Bengals at the Ravens. Joe Burrow's been impressive, uh, but this is the kind of game that the Ravens like. Yeah, no, I got the Ravens in this one. Yeah, I got the Ravens too. Um, that's that's a that's a game they went. Jaguars at the winless Texans, now led by Romeo Cornell after Bill O'Brien, otherwise known as Bob, was fired uh, this past week. I'm going to take the Texans. Yeah, um, I uh, kind of for your reason. Uh, you know, for the Falcons, they've got to get a win eventually. I think this is the one. I agree. I think the Texans too. I think they get a little energy from from the new coach um, that might do something for them. And Jacksonville's not very good. Um, so, okay, this one: Dolphins at Niners. I'm going with the Niners here. Um, you know, even if Jimmy G doesn't play, I still have the Niners. I think they're, they're just that much better. And at home, they're really good. Agreed. I'm also going to take the Niners in this one. Colts at Browns. We both took the Colts already. Uh, Giants at Cowboys. We both took the Cowboys. Vikings at Seahawks. This is the Sunday night game. Uh, Vikings, you know, I think probably aren't as bad as what we might have thought. You know, looking at their schedule, the first three games, they had some tough games. Um, The Seahawks undefeated, though, and the Russ MVP campaign is on. So do you think that the Vikings can get a win in Seattle? I don't. Um, I think their secondary is still not quite quite good enough to handle how well Russell Wilson and these receivers have been playing. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Kirk Cousins looks a lot better last couple of weeks, um, you know, he uh, there was nowhere to go for him but up with the way he right. played the first few weeks. Uh, but no, I think the Seahawks remain undefeated with uh, a win this week against the Vikings. I am going to take the Vikings in this one, actually. I think the Vikings are a little bit better than what we thought. I actually think the Seahawks are a little bit worse than what we thought. The pass defense is really bad. Yeah. They cannot get stops. Um, and they've kind of been bailed out by Russ time and time again this year. Uh, but the Vikings really should have a better defense than what they've shown so far. So that would be like my uh, long shot upset of the week would be the Vikings to win on Sunday night in Seattle. Okay, so we have two Monday night games. The first one is Broncos at Patriots. Uh, I don't think Cam Newton is playing in this. Um, so do you think the Broncos can win in New England? I do. Um, I think Drew Locke, especially if Drew Locke is back, I think that helps their chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Hoyer and Stidham look so bad. Um, I'm going to take the Broncos in this one. So I, I think I'm going to take the Patriots in this one just because I think um, – that Drew Luck is not going to play, I think. But if he does, they obviously have a better chance. Uh, But the Patriots, I think this is a game that they need. They know they need. Uh, And I think they're just the better team, especially defense. They should be able to put the clamps on the Broncos' offense and hold them to 17 or less. And I think they can score that many. I think. Um, So the, the actual Monday night, the actual scheduled Monday night game was Chargers at Saints. Justin Herbert has looked really good, actually. Uh, for a rookie, the Saints have been a little shaky. Uh, do you yeah. think the Saints get on track, though? I do. I think they get on track this week, um, and I think it's primarily because of the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they'll step – they've been good, and I think uh, they'll kind of – against a rookie quarterback who, granted, has been good, um, I think the defense will be strong enough against Herbert and uh, an Austin Eckler-less Chargers yeah. offense uh, to get the job done. 
Yeah, I think that the Saints, you know, they, they might have showed something last week. They might have found something out last week. Something started to click against the Lions. And I think we expected the Saints to be one of the best teams in the league this year, even if Drew Brees suffers a little bit from the noodle arm. And, and we're not sure what we're going to get out of him. I think we still think they're a really good team. And I think at home Monday night, this is a, a game that a good team wins. So I'll take the Saints as well. Yeah. And then well, we have Tuesday night football. Yeah. Um, because of the postponement with the Titans. Actually, Tuesday Night Football is going to be a great matchup. Two undefeated teams. Um, assuming this game happens, we have Bills at Titans. Uh, who do you like there? I like the Bills in this game. I think they're flat out the better team here. Yeah. Uh, although I do I do like the Titans, um, but I, I think the Bills are, especially with their defense, I think they're the better team here and they get the job done. I think they are the better team here as well. I also think that – the Titans have a lot going on right now, probably distraction-wise. That could yeah. hurt them in this game. With that being said, I am going to take the Titans. Um, I think at home <laughs> in Tennessee, that defense is really good. That secondary is fantastic. Um, and I think that this is a game where they ride Derrick Henry into the dirt and he's able to just give it, give one of those games uh, where even against a good defense, he just cannot be stopped. So I'll go the Titans at home against the Bills. Um, don't see the Bills going 5 and no. So let's move on then from NFL to tonight. I don't know if you heard, there's a basketball game on tonight. Uh, NBA Finals, game five. It looks like the Lakers are going to maybe close it out tonight or on Sunday in game six. They're wearing the Mamba jerseys. They moved up the Mamba jersey wearing day. I don't know if that means they think they're going to close it out tonight and want to do it in the Mamba jerseys. Um, But let's start with the Heat. What's the path? Okay, Coach Coop, they just fired Spo and they hired you. Um, what's the pathway for the Heat to come back in the series? Well, the pathway for them to come back is forcing turnovers and getting out in transition mm-hmm. uh, and, and specifically forcing Anthony Davis turnovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the biggest thing in the, in the three games that they've lost is Anthony Davis has been good. Yeah. Uh, in those three losses, the game that he was bad, they won. Uh, they're also going to need Jimmy Butler to be incredible. I think that's just, you know, the with how these teams are built, Jimmy yep. Butler has to be incredible for three straight games in order for them to pull off uh, a comeback in this case. Uh, but I think primarily uh, they're going to need their other additional guys as well to be, uh, you know, shot makers. And they have to stretch the floor and space out this Lakers team force them to go into more small ball lineups, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where their size doesn't quite kill you as badly as it has been. Um, I think those are the only three things that they really can do, uh, yeah. you know, in order to come back fully in this series, like come back from down three, one um, to really anything short of like Jimmy Butler scoring 40 um, isn't going to be enough for them to come back from a three, one deficit. Yeah. And I think really, even if he does score 40, you know, really, he scored 40 in game three. It took a terrible Anthony Davis game to still yeah. win that game. Uh, so I think that might not even be enough. I think really, like, Tyler Hero is the one who needs to become that second option. Obviously, that's a ton to ask for of a 20-year-old. And yeah. in normal circumstances, he probably wouldn't be asked to do that because maybe they have Goran Dragic step up and be that second offensive guy. He probably would be the first offensive guy if he was playing in this series because of yeah. the guards the Laker has. He probably has the biggest advantage 
but he looks like he's not going to be able to play. He he tried to do it um, in in game four before the game, and it you know it was kind of sad to watch the video of him realizing he just wasn't going to be able to do it. Yeah. But he is a big X factor for them. Probably was the biggest X factor. Uh, I don't know how they come back in this series. It's it just seems like you know what's it going to take? Is it going to take a thirty point game from Tyler? A thirty 30 points from Tyler Hare and 30 points from Jimmy Butler. Like probably about that would be yeah. the pathway back. And to get that in multiple games, I just don't know. And like, I think that's the, you know, almost the forgotten thing about the Lakers coming into the finals and coming into this postseason too, was their defense. I mean, they were one of the best defensive teams in the league this year. And we're looking at them in the finals right now. And we're like, where did Tyler Hero go? Where did Duncan Robinson go? Like, what happened to these guys? They were so good against the Celtics, and they were so good against the Bucks. Well, like, the Lakers actually play really good defense, it turns out. Yeah. Uh, and they have played pretty good defense in the finals. So I don't know how they come back. I think it's going to be really tough, but I think Tyler Hero has got to be an X factor in a serious way uh, and, and kind of lead the way offensively, him alongside Jimmy Butler. Um, so finals MVP has been – been a big topic of discussion obviously the two candidates are lebron and anthony davis um now i think lebron probably has the statistical edge if you looked at plus minus anthony davis has the edge uh, where are you leaning right now for finals mvp going into game five so this is this is always kind of a dilemma that i have because of how this award is labeled so and and how it's traditionally given so like most valuable player in this series if you ask me has been anthony davis when i look at who have you needed to be at his best or or just to perform well for you to win it's been anthony davis right, right. And, you know granted it's it's been a short it's only been four games um, it may be in a longer series if this was was a little bit closer and or if the heat can extend it Maybe that the quest that changes, but so far throughout this series, the more valuable player has been Anthony Davis, in my opinion, because when he's the only time he played bad, they lost. But the best yeah. player in this series has been LeBron James, right? And I, you know, what I mean, for throughout all four games, he's been the most consistent and the best player on the team. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but it doesn't always go to that person, like when it in 2016, like when Iguodala won it. You know what I mean? Like he was he was the more valuable player because he hit a lot of big shots, uh, you know, and became that kind of third score. He averaged like 16. And then also he did a decent job on LeBron um, as far as making things difficult for him, as far as like getting shots off and, and contesting mm -hmm. shots, things like that, held him to 38 percent shooting from the field. So that kind of stuff is valuable, right? They needed Iguodala to play that well in order for them to win the series on both ends. Uh, so, but typically it ends up going to the player that's played the best throughout the entire series. In that case, that's LeBron James. So if I was voting, I would give the vote to LeBron. Yeah, I think I'd probably give it to LeBron right now. It's almost funny how AD playing poorly in game three is actually could be seen as a positive for his finals MVP case because of right. what you name right like he played bad and they lost like he is maybe more valuable when he plays well but that also might be a product of well lebron james is just so consistent right like if lebron james did have a bad game 
you know, which he never does since 2011 in the finals, right. um, they probably would lose if he had right. a bad game, right? But it just what not going to happen because he doesn't do that in the finals. <laughs> and Anthony Davis did, so he probably lost the award in game three. If it was close, um, then I think in game four, that second half, you could see LeBron kind of take over in a way and say, you know, come on, get on my back now. I'm not losing this game. And he did that in a way that I don't think Anthony Davis is really even capable of. I don't know if anybody else is capable of of, of doing that in the league right now. Um, you know, maybe bar Kevin Durant when he's healthy. So so I think I would give it to LeBron right now, barring, you know, if, if AD comes out in, in game five tonight and puts up, 35 and 15, then he's going to have a legitimate case. And just because maybe it happened in game five, we're looking to look at him and say he's finals MVP. I mean, I think the defense does get overlooked here a little bit. I mean, he yeah. has been unbelievable on defense, stepping up and guarding Jimmy Butler. I loved him doing that after Giannis Wooden and then LeBron coming out saying that's why he's the defensive player of the year. Poke, poke at Giannis, you know. Yeah. Uh, I love that. So I think that he doesn't get enough credit for what he's doing defensively. And you can see it, too, not even when he's stepping up and guarding Jimmy Butler, but, like, just him around the hoop. Like, watch this series. Like, watch it tonight. Like, the Heat are passing up so many layup attempts. I've never seen, like, them in particular. Like, we see teams a lot pass up layup attempts to kick out for a three, like the Rockets. Right. Or even the even the war not not so much the Warriors, but the Warriors whenever they were just bored in the regular season and wanted to see how many threes they could hit. They would do that, like, but the yeah. Heat, like, they were a team who would just go to the hoop and try to finish, but, like, they feel AD down there, and they're kicking yes. out left to, to three-pointers. Even Jimmy Butler, uh, who is a guy who you would think would not be afraid to go up and battle anybody in the air, he can feel Anthony Davis's defensive presence. So I think AD doesn't get enough credit for that. Uh, yes. But I think, you know, if you just look at the, the statistical – Watching the games, LeBron has his hand on the pulse of the game more than AD does, more than AD would really be capable of doing just because LeBron is really the point guard here. Um, so I think uh, LeBron is the finals MVP right now, barring maybe 35 and 15 from AD. Maybe maybe it's 30 and 10 tonight, but they lose, and then he goes in game six and he puts up 35 and 15. It would take one or two, one magnificent or two really great games from AD to get the finals MVP at this point. I think it's LeBron's uh, to lose. Right. And that's, and that's assuming that LeBron isn't outstanding himself. Right. Uh, you know, AD which he is probably going to be. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, you know, and I agree a hundred percent. I was watching, it was game three mm-hmm. uh, that I was watching. And I noticed that uh, where guys were going to the basket elevating up to shoot layups and then anthony davis was coming up yeah. uh and they were just they weren't even kicking the open shooters they were just throwing the ball out like they were like oh god there's anthony davis yeah it's real and they were just throwing it out and, tar- and turning the ball over there was one time jimmy went to the basket and ad didn't even jump he just looked like like he stepped up and did his little you know one two like he was going to go up and block it and Jimmy Butler threw it out and turned the ball over because right. he thought Anthony Davis was going to contest him at the rim, and he didn't. Like, he would have just had an easy layup had he just gone straight up. That's kind of fear that AD puts in the hearts of guys attacking the basket. Um, so it's certainly, uh, you know, I think that's a very underrated because that doesn't st- show up on stat sheets, right? If you don't watch the mm-hmm. game, you don't see that stuff, and there's no way to measure things like that. Um, so, you know, I do think that's an area of his game that is underrated. Uh, but yeah, I would think Braun right now does have 
a little bit of an edge there in the finals MVP discussion, um, yeah. like you said. But unless it's going to take, I would say, like 30 and, and 15 or, or or 40 and 10, something crazy like that from Anthony Davis to get it, especially if they win tonight. Yeah, and um, that'll lead us into now we'll do a game five prediction then. Uh, so I'll just ask you, do the, do the Lakers close it out tonight? Yeah, I think they do. I think they do close it out tonight. I initially had this series going six, and yeah. actually before game four, I had the Heat taking this game. Um, but I don't feel that confident uh, in the Heat's ability to to win games in the series. I think it took a perfect storm, really, for them to get a win in game three. Yeah, and I'm I'm not sure that that happens again. Uh, in this series, so yeah, I think, and and in the Mamba jerseys, at that, these guys play with a different confidence and swagger when they have those Mamba jerseys on, and and that's a real thing that impacts games. Yeah. Uh, so I I do have the Lakers winning tonight, closing out the series. LeBron getting his fourth championship ring and his fourth Finals MVP. Yeah, I will agree with you. I had the Lakers in five before this series, and I'm going to stick with it and say the Lakers win tonight. I agree with you. I just don't know down the stretch how the Heat win this game uh, when you have LeBron and Anthony Davis on the other side. That's just so tough to compete with. Uh, you know, I would not want to count out Spo, but, you know, the the Lakers are just really good. They're going to gentlemen sweep the entire playoffs. Um, that's something we have not seen much. Yeah. Uh, even even you know some of these best teams we've seen in the past in the recent years have not done that. Um, yeah. So so I think we both think that the uh, Lakers win it tonight. You want to play a game real quick that I did not prepare you for? My favorite thing. I have a game that I did not prepare you for. Love this. Love this segment of the show. Every episode I have something that I did not prepare you for. So let's do this. I think this is actually fun though. Rank these four teams. Okay. Rank these four teams, the 2020 Lakers, the 2016 Cavs, the 2012 Heat, and the 2013 Heat. 2012 2013. Okay. So, LeBron, so this is LeBron's four championship LeBron's teams. LeBron's four championship teams. Basically what I'm asking is, is this the best championship team he's been on? Wow. Okay. Um. So 2012 was OKC. 2013 was when they beat the Heat. The I'm going to go – yeah, or I'm sorry, beat the Spurs. I'm going to go 2013 because okay. uh, that's when Ray Allen came. Yes. Yeah, so depth-wise, uh, 2013 Heat, to me, were were at their best, although I think they should have lost that series. Mm-hmm. Different discussion. Uh, but I do think that's the best championship team that he's been on. Uh, I would take – I would take this Lakers team in second. Okay. And then I would take 2012 Heat. So the Cavs are the worst. 2016 Cavs. Yeah, I I, I don't care what it. I think that 2016 year was a, was a fluke, if you ask me. But oh, really? Okay. It, I mean, it, it was a great epic comeback, but I think that series is over in five. If if Draymond doesn't get suspended, I do. Well, that's I, a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, a good point. And, 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 it took, and they struggled through the playoffs really. Yeah, they, they did. And you know, it took miraculous games from Kyrie and LeBron, like Kevin yeah. Love was 
essentially a non-factor in that series. Right. So really, you're talking about just Kyrie and LeBron having these incredible three, this incredible three-game stretch that they had. Um, which, if you ask me, doesn't eat, doesn't happen if if Draymond's not you know there in Game Five. And then if you just look at the total depth of the rosters, um, I think those other championship teams that LeBron was on were better. Um, and I think AD is the best player that he's played with in his prime. So like D Wade uh, legacy wise is obviously better than Anthony Davis and D prime D Wade is better than prime AD, but like LeBron got the back end of D Wade's pride, not prime prime. You know what I mean? Like, so he's getting prime prime Anthony Davis. Like this is the best Anthony Davis that there is. And, you know, he doesn't need quite as much depth. So to me, that makes this Lakers team the second best uh, team that he's that he's had. Yeah, and you can make a case that 2013 LeBron was the best LeBron we've seen. Uh, I, you could make that case. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. So, yeah. so you could make that case. I probably, I probably would agree with you. I, I mean, I like that 16 Cavs team just because you do have three All NBA guys. And Kyrie Irving, if you matched up these teams, um, you know, he would be a guy who would give these Lakers a serious problem. Um, you know, and in 13, you know, that team, you could look at Wade then and say, you know, that was kind of when the decline started. Right. Um, I think probably 2012, he was even a little bit better than that, but they didn't have Brown. They didn't have all the shooters. They hadn't really figured out how they wanted to play as a unit yet. 13 right. was the year they went on that crazy win streak, 28-game mm-hmm. uh, win streak. Like, that is one of the best moments we've seen from a team in this century. Um, yeah. So, so I think I probably would go 13 Heat, 20 Lakers, 16 Cavs, and then 12 Heat. Um, but all really good teams. Um, so, so I think that was a fun game. So, guys, in the comments here – I'm sorry I didn't prepare you for that, Coop. But in the comments, guys – Rank those teams, rank the LeBron championship teams, assuming he gets one this year. Rank the 20 Lakers, the 16 Cavs, the 13 Heat, and the 12 Heat. Let us know who you think LeBron's best championship team was, um, and you know we will discuss, see if you match up with us. So uh, last thing we're going to talk about today, there was a very damning report about Greg Marshall at Wichita State. Um, very, very bad alleged misconduct um choking a player attacking assistant coaches um verbal abuse what do you think as a coach and as a former college athlete basketball player uh what did you think of the report about greg marshall yeah and, and for both of those reasons is why i wanted to talk about this mm-hmm. um because the culture of college basketball um, if, if I'm going to be honest, it can get very toxic. Sure. Um, and as someone who's been in the college basketball locker room, I can say from experience, um, that these college coaches have too much power over young black kids lives. Um, uh, essentially, and a lot of these kids who come from, who are disenfranchised youth, uh, mm-hmm. getting educations because of how good they are at basketball, uh, are essentially putting, their lives and their futures in the hands of rich white men. Mm-hmm. And uh, in most cases, and a lot of them are abusing that power. Uh, and if these allegations against Greg Marshall, which they seem to be very legitimate, they're eyewitness yeah. testimonies. Uh, they're deeply, deeply disturbing to me. Um, yeah. and, and I have a major problem with 
someone abusing their power in this way. So I, I just want to, for those who are not familiar with the allegations that have been brought against him, here they are. He allegedly told uh, Shaq Morris, one of his players at Wichita State, to get the F out of practice because he attempted to block another player's shot. The player fell awkwardly on the play. Mm-hmm. As he was leaving practice, he shoved him and then punched him between the shoulders and by his neck as he was leaving practice. Listen, I don't, I don't care what happens in the right. middle of your of a practice. You have no right to put your hands on a player, and and it, you know I don't know how this player responded. It's it's not you know listed in the report here, uh, but I'm assuming, uh, and from my experience, there's a lot of kids that will throw their hands back. You know what I mean? In, in situations like this. Sure. And, and that's a lose-lose for a student. Right. A student athlete. Right. Mind you, there's no, there's no way, shape, or form that that goes well for a student, even in a self-defense type case. You know right. what I mean? So uh, you're, you, not only are you putting a, a student athlete in a horrible situation to try to have to defend himself or whatever, but like just it's completely uncalled for to do something like that. But then it goes a step further. Yeah. Right. He uh, apparently a another student athlete parked mm-hmm. in his spot, and he blocked the student's car at an intersection. So followed him, blocked him at an intersection, and started berating him, asking, "Do you know who the f I am?" And I'm just like, "This is so. This is clearly this is a coach with entitlement issues, yes, uh, white privilege issues." Uh, deeply concerning things here, man, because and obviously an anger issue where that needs to be checked. Um, And if, if they find any of this is true. And again, to me, this, these sound like legitimate allegations. He needs to be fired immediately and should Mm -hmm. never coach anywhere ever again. Um, And, you know, this is the, this is the kind of stuff that can happen on these campuses, man. Like I said, you're dealing with, uh, you know, uh, white coaches who get paid very well at these universities, um, even though Wichita State is a mid-major, I'm sure this guy is making somewhere in the millions, uh, in the low millions for his yearly salary, uh, while his players don't see a dime uh, at all. And these aren't the types of players who can make money off their likeness like the NCAA has allowed. So they're sure. essentially at the mercy of this head coach uh, and, and his actions. Uh, and this and this is the kind of culture that the NCAA develops when you have coaches who essentially can get, uh, you know, lifetime deals at these schools. You know what I mean? Like if, if you've had enough success, right. like Jay Wright's never getting fired uh, unless something like this happens. Uh, John Calipari, uh, uh, Coach K, these guys have job security right. for a life tenure, essentially. Well, even right? Greg Marshall did at Wichita because of what he's done at Wichita. Exactly. So these are coaches who have, you know, essentially like you call it tenure for professors, you know, or it is is essentially what they have because of the success that they've had. And uh, this is where power like that gets abused. And these are these are players who have really don't have a ton of control over their futures. Right. Mm -hmm. Once you commit to a school uh, because of transfer regulations. Right. Even if you want to leave a school that that coach can block you from going to certain institutions. Which, you know, this is and this is bigger than just Greg Marshall, like Greg Marshall obviously has a problem. But the NCAA, in my opinion, 
uh, enables these kind of problems to happen because of the structure of their organization and how players are treated. Uh, you'd never see something like this happen in an NBA because these players can control their own futures through free agency, demanding trades, things like that. These college coaches have entirely too much power over these players, and this is the result of that, yeah. if you ask me. And it's just it's disgusting and and it's embarrassing, uh, you know, to see uh, happen. And and something needs to be done, and I'm sure will be done. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure something will be done. So there was this investigation. Now the school is going to do their own investigation. Um, but there, ha- there has been multiple witnesses come out in support of this, multiple witnesses named in the story. Um, and now on Twitter, we're like looking at this, and people are posting old videos of Marshall having outbreaks. Um, I saw a video of him today on Twitter where he literally was going at a ref for five full minutes going at him people are trying to hold him back he could not stop going at this referee uh with what was looked like legitimate intentions to fight this referee i mean i know we see coaches yell at refs this was different i encourage you to go to my twitter at king and the mic and try to find that video uh because it is like you watch it and you're like this guy is a psychopath uh, yeah. And and the allegations you name that's actually not even all of the allegations. He choked an assistant coach um, for challenging him on something. Um, there, Isaiah Isaiah Poor, who is a Native American descendant who played on the team, um, he he told him in practice to quote get back on his horse and made quote Indian howling noises in practice during the eighteen nineteen season. Um, so not only was there physical abuse, there was verbal, there was racist abuse. Um, there was body shaming. One of his players, he lifted up his shirt in practice and grabbed his stomach uh, and basically called him fat in front of everybody. He was um, just, just doing things that are just not normal coach behavior, not even close to normal coach behavior. It's really a shame. Um, and, you know, the fact that it's just now coming out, I'm glad it's coming out. Um, but we need to be able to catch these things sooner because now we're looking at multiple victims here terrorized yeah. by this guy. And really, you wonder how much Wichita State knew because I'm sure uh, some of these guys at least or some people on the team who were seeing these things had to have been telling somebody else. Yeah. Uh, so that will come out, I'm sure. I'm sure the story is not over, but just a terrible, just a terrible story and uh, makes college basketball look bad. You're right about that. Certainly. So, okay, that is all we have for this live episode of the All In Podcast. Coop, what else should the people know? Uh, so to, uh, later on, either today uh, or tomorrow morning, we'll have a new post for you from uh, our blog writer, Mike Burton Moran, uh, coming out soon on allinnetwork.net. So stay tuned for that. Uh, remember, on our website, you can find merch like this lovely new white all-in network hoodie that I have. Beautiful. I think this is probably the best one from best hoodie from our collection. Um, you know, so you can find this on our website. Uh, you can also, if you go to our website, you will see uh, a little banner there for Amazon uh, for free 30 days of Amazon Prime that you can get from our website. Um, so if you don't have an Amazon Prime account, you can get a free 30-day trial right there on allinnetwork.net. Um, so make sure you head over to the website. Uh, if you're tuning in on the audio versions, 
make sure you leave a rating and a review. Uh, that stuff helps us pop up in searches and things like that. Uh, so we appreciate you listening in so far. Make sure you go ahead and do that. If you're on YouTube, as you can see on your screen here, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, and you can see our social medias at the bottom there at all underscore in underscore pod on Twitter, all in network on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, so if you're watching us live on Facebook right now, make sure you like and follow our all in network page and then head over to our YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button there. Uh, we go live for the most part every Monday um, and either Thursdays. I think we're moving to Fridays now um, for our second show each week. So stay tuned. But you can set up notifications uh, on our YouTube channel so you know when we go live or when we post new episodes or content, not just for us, but also for Rain and Bliss, uh, the All in Politics, uh, which is going to be coming up soon. Um, and also the Beast Gaming Podcast, which drops every other Wednesday. Uh, mm. So stay tuned for that as well. Yeah, so if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and go to the channel page, and you can explore uh, not only our other episodes, but Rain and Bliss, Beast Gaming, All in Politics, um, and hit that subscribe button. If you're listening on audio, go to YouTube, check us out, um, or go to allinnetwork.net, and you can find links to the other podcasts and links to the YouTube page where you can find pretty much all of the All In Network uh, content. So, all right, this, go ahead, Coop. Last thing. Um, so if there's a topic you want us to discuss coming into a show, make sure you hit us up on any of these social media platforms and we will throw it into our discussion. Um, throughout our live episodes, you can also leave comments on YouTube or Facebook and we'll post them up on the screen and, and maybe have an impromptu conversation about it there. Um, or... If you go to our anchor page, you can send us voice messages uh, where we will play your question or topic that you want us to discuss or any thought that you have sports related, um, and we'll cover it on the show. So you can have that opportunity to get heard on our show as well. Um, so we want to hear your thoughts, uh, get some engagement from you guys. Uh, so any of those platforms, comments on social media or a voice message on our anchor page, you can find that on it. You can find that on any of our social medias as well. Um, yep. to get your voice played in one of our episodes. Yep, that is anchor.fm slash all-in-pod. You can do the voice messages. You can support this podcast, and you can also share it with people, uh, which we appreciate. So, okay, this was episode 45 of the All In Podcast. We will be back on Monday. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you guys.